and welcome to Field Notes, the sister podcast to Sounds of the Sanctuary, the brand new podcast by Red Wings. In Field Notes, each week we sit down with an expert from the charity to take a closer look at some of the horse care issues raised in previous episodes of Sounds of the Sanctuary. We hope that this will be really interesting and informative for any horse owners, as well as those thinking of taking on a horse for the first time, or anyone who'd like to find out more about caring for equines. In this week's Sound of the Sanctuary, we met Riley, a hinny with very challenging behavioural needs, who spent time at our specialist behaviour centre as our teams pulled together to ensure he could live a peaceful, stress-free life, a far cry from what he had known. Today, we're sitting down with Red Wings' equine behaviour manager, Sarah Horsworth, to talk about how we can go about creating the perfect environment for our horses and enabling them to express their natural behaviours. So I'm sat with Sarah and Sarah is our equine behaviour manager and we are going to pick her brains and her wealth of experience of looking after horses here at our behaviour centre who have quite specific behavioural needs Um, and we're going to pick her brains and talk to her about how we can create the perfect environment for a horse. So Sarah I wonder if to start with we can talk about natural behaviours so what behaviours should a horse be able to show if they're kept in the ideal environment? It's important to understand how our horse would choose to live in his natural environment. Domestication can actually um, compromise how a horse would choose to live. The best way to remember what's really, really important to a horse is as the three Fs. Now, these three Fs are food, friendship and freedom. Yeah. And in terms of um, how we can help a horse to have those three Fs, what can we do with their environment to make, to make sure that they have access to that? So horses in their natural environment would generally be grazing or foraging for up to 18 hours a day. So obviously keeping a horse confined or stabled um, for long periods of time is obviously going to mean that he's not able to carry out this natural behaviour, which is obviously going to compromise him both physically and mentally. So friendship, horses are highly social species. Um, They should never, ever be kept on their own. Um, We should always endeavour to keep our horses in small groups if possible, or at least least with one other horse. Um, Just being next door to another horse isn't really suitable, although it would be better than not being able to see another horse. Horses actually need to have physical contact with each other. Um, It isn't just something they want, it's actually an intrinsic need. So um, being able to have physical contact with another horse is really, really important. It's how horses form bonds and friendships within within their herds so it's really important to them Um, and obviously freedom horses should be roaming around and moving around in their natural environment so keeping horses stabled and confined for long periods of time is again going to be really tough on them mentally going to cause a lot of boredom and frustration behaviors so yeah giving them the room and space to move around um, again is going to be really really important are there any specific ways at, at Red Wings that we try and set up our our paddocks and our ways of keeping our herds to meet those needs? We keep our horses in herds, so we try very, very hard if they come in in family groups to try and keep these groups together because obviously they have formed strong bonds. 
even to the point that if a one horse did need to come into a stable for veterinary purposes we would always make sure that if they were closely bonded with another horse we would endeavour to bring that other horse in with them so that they weren't separated for any period of time because it would cause huge amounts of stress for both of them. We uh, we don't really ever stable our horses other than like I just said for veterinary purposes our horses are out they live in in fields all year round um, winter and summer we provide hedging and shelters for the horses so that they can choose um, if they want to take shelter from the sun and the flies in the summer or from the wind and the rain in the winter so yeah we we keep them out and again from a feeding point of view we try and uh, allow our horses to feed as naturally as possible obviously grazing in the summer um, and providing the right forage for them over the winter months perfect if we were in an ideal world and you were setting up a a paddock for a horse what would you include in that paddock to help them have all like to express those natural behaviors and to have everything that they need so i think space is really really important i know it's um, not going to be practical to keep our horses in the same amount of space as they would choose to but a nice big field with perhaps a bit of interest so some hedging not only is that good for horses to browse upon but it's also good for um, natural shade and shelter giving the horse a little bit of choice is uh, quite important so maybe two water tanks um one one side of the field one the other side so he could choose um, where he wants to take a drink if we're having to feed forage over the winter it perhaps again would be nice to have two foraging stations so again the horse could choose where he wanted to feed and also who he wanted to feed with of offering the horse option of having a shelter so again um, not actually making the horse go in the shelter but having the shelter there so the horse could choose again whether or not he wanted um, to go in or out and last of all really making sure that we have the the right companionship for the horse as I said earlier you know at least one companion but a small group of horses um, is definitely preferable and If we were looking for a companion, what would be your sort of top tips of finding a suitable companion for your horse? That's quite a difficult question, really. Again, in the natural environment, horses choose their own friends. So for us to decide who is going to live with our horse is actually quite a difficult thing to do. Um, Horses are like us. They like some horses. They don't like other horses. But on the other hand, a horse would much rather be with another horse than be on his own. It, you know, it is, is, is definitely the right thing to do to introduce a companion if your horse is alone. Introducing a companion should be done very, very slowly. So again, we wouldn't just put two horses together in a field that have never been in a field before. What we would do is we would introduce the horses over a fence to begin with, preferably a, a solid structure fence so that they you know they can't knock the fencing down when you're not there and inadvertently end up together and so we, we would want to leave them side by side for several weeks and what we'd be really looking for is some kind of interaction between the two horses so looking at the horses maybe spending time together either side of the fence line possibly starting to interact with each other over the fence line in a good way um, so you know not fighting maybe some mutual grooming going on And when we would start to see this kind of behaviour, 
Um, we would then consider introducing the two horses together fully. We would need to make sure we had plenty of space when we did this, obviously, so that if necessary, one horse can get out of the way of the other horse. We would want to make sure that there was plenty of food resources around. So obviously making sure there was lots of grass in the summer so that there's no competition over food. And obviously in the winter, if we're foraging or feeding, we would want to make sure that there was plenty of available forage and possibly making sure that there were, you know, forage was spread out and spaced out around the field. So again, if the horses don't want to eat together, they have other options. Uh, We would want to monitor the two horses quite closely. We probably wouldn't want to make any other changes, i.e. introducing anyone else, until we were really happy um, that these two horses were nice and settled together. Are there any signs that, if, if a horse owner was introducing a new horse, what signs would you look out for that perhaps it's not going according to plan? Yeah, I mean, overt aggression is a, is a big sign. Um, horses are not naturally aggressive towards each other. They live in herds. Um, they live very cohesively in herds. They don't like spending um, excess energy fighting amongst each other. It's really important that they work together as a herd. So fighting just isn't really compatible for herd living. So if we see overt fighting or overt aggression, particularly actual contact from another horse that would be a really really good sign that they you know the horses weren't getting on resource guarding would be another one um you know not allowing the other horse to get near the food or near the water that would be another big sign um as well that perhaps it it wasn't working yeah and if that was to happen have you got any top tips of what you could do what you could do then again i think just making sure that there is plenty of space Um, making sure that there are plenty of resources um, to go round so making sure that the horse couldn't guard the water or guard the food obviously if you were experiencing actual small wounds or injuries it probably possibly would be best to remove the horse again and go back to the um, having the horses side by side and see if perhaps a bit more time would make a difference I'm just wondering if there's any like time of day, for example, that would be a good time to to set off an introduction as opposed to, you know, is there any prime conditions that you can set an introduction up for success? Yeah, I mean, whenever we do introductions here at Red Wings, we always do them first thing in the morning um, so that we are going to be around all day. We have a good full eight hours um, to be able to observe and monitor behaviours and watch what's going on. And obviously, if, if we're unhappy with anything that we're seeing, we can always separate the horses again for their left overnight. Again, for me, it's I pre- much prefer to do integrations in the summer when there is lots of grass around um, so that there is really no competition over food at all. And yeah, just making sure that there is lots and lots of space. Yeah, perfect. So provided the integration goes well, you then now have yourself a herd. Are there any issues going forwards you might encounter with keeping horses in that way? So you may... Possibly have a small problem if you wanted to take an individual horse out of the herd. You may see some separation anxiety behaviours. Might not happen, but if it does, what we could do is we could try taking two horses together if 
that was um, viable. Obviously, if you did just need to take one horse away from the group, you would probably want to spend some time just doing this very gradually. So for example, taking the horse out of the field, just standing by the gate, making it a really positive experience by using you know, a food reward, something that the horse really, really likes, and then putting him back into the field. And then what we would do is we would gradually do this getting further and further away from the field. So what we're doing is we're training the horse that being away from the group is fine, it's a nice place to be. Um, and then he learns that he always gets returned back to the group again. So Sarah, if we are in a situation where our horse is in a lovely established herd or has got a, a very close friend, if sadly there was a situation that arose that that friend might be being taken away, perhaps on a livery yard if the owner is moving the horse or, or any other circumstance, is there anything we can do to help a horse through that adjustment? I think preparation here is the key. I think if we know in advance that our horse is going to lose a close companion, I think it's important that we try and put some steps into place to get him used to that so we could do start doing some gradual separation work so that it's not such a shock when his close friend goes trying to ensure that there are other going to be other horses around that our horse is familiar with or or is used to I think is really important Um, and of course if, if it just happens and we're not able to put any of that preparation into place making sure that our horse has um, plenty to eat so he's got something to do and sometimes installing a mirror particularly if the horse is on his own can also be useful in situations like this. Wonderful and I suppose going full circle sadly it might become a, a, become a time that their, their best friend may sadly pass away and I just wonder if you've got any advice or experience in how we can help a horse if that situation sadly does happen. Yeah, again, I think it's um, really important that we, we do think about this situation and that if we have two horses that are very closely bonded and one unfortunately has to be euthanized, that we do allow that other horse time to grieve. So what we would would be best to do is to have the horse euthanized and left on the field with his partner um, so that the horse can have time to grieve and accept that his friend has gone before we take the other horse away. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for for all your advice about how we can set up up a a happy environment for our horse and obviously the importance of that being a happy herd as well. Uh, Thank you so much. Thank you so much to Sarah for taking part in this week's episode of Field Notes. If you have a question about horse care or you're concerned about the welfare of an equine, you can email welfare at redwings.co.uk or visit our website www.redwings.org.uk where you'll find plenty of free information. Until next week, bye!